0: Welcome back. Um, today we're going to focus on another pair, another of the pairs of Zugos. We mentioned uh, in the previous, in previous shiurim that the Messorah was handed down for a period of time through five pairs. Um, we spoke previously about Yeshua ben Prachi and Itai Har-Abeili. Today we're going to talk about the next pair who received the Messorah from that uh, pair of Yeshua ben Prachi and Itai Har-Abeili. Uh, and the next pair begins with Yehuda ben Tabai and Shimon ben Shetach. Um, Mishnah talks about Yehuda ben Tabai. Um, before we get to what it is that Yehuda ben Tabai said in the Mishnah, uh, it's interesting that um, um, the Gemara and Chagiga talks about when the pairs are listed, what the position of each of the pairs were, what their position in, uh, in terms of leadership was. And um, the Gemara Chagiga says that for the most part, um, the first of the pairs was the Nasi, uh, who was basically in charge of overseeing the general uh, condition um, and leadership of the Jewish people. And the second was the Af Bezdin, who was effectively the chief justice and was responsible for uh, putting down the law, so to speak. Um, so, Yehuda ben Tabai, in this particular pair, there seems to be in the Gemara there, machlokis, there seems to be a difference of opinion as to which one was the Nasi or the Avbezdin. And in the order of things, you would think Yud ben Tabai was the Nasi, but we'll see as we go through it in different chazals, it was not clear. And there's a machlokis actually whether Yudah ben Tabai was the Nasi or the Avbezdin. Um, and you'll see um, that it's not clear, and there's a machlokis, and uh, keep that in mind as we go into the different sources. So what does Yehudah ben say in our Mishnah? So let's just read what he says. He talks about uh, things having to do with Din, which would seem to, uh, would seem to imply that he's uh, maybe an Abbezdin, but not, um, not not compelling. He says, You should not make yourself as an orche Hadayonim. What exactly is orche Hadayonim? There are a number of different explanations in the commentaries. And uh, the, the explanation given by the Bartanura is, uh, he says, like those people, U Misadrim, orich miloshon to organize and to set up, misadrim Balihadin, They organize the um, positions and complaints and arguments of the Baliyadin, those who are um, in the um, in the court, before the dayanim." And basically they are uh, revealing to the, uh, the, the, the people that are part of the dispute what they should say, how they should say it in order to get their case across and in order to convince um, judgment in their favor. So that is something that is really frowned upon. Um, people are supposed to get up and testify and be truthful and respond to what's being asked, and not to try and say what they think uh, should be said or shouldn't be said, uh, in order to um, get the um, get the required uh, or the desired result. So that's what Orchi Adayana means. Now, can we, as we're trying to do, can we somehow look at some of the events about Yehuda that we know about Yehuda Ben Tabai and see if there's any? particular connection or reason as to why he focused on this particular lesson. And uh, I think uh, if I share with you a few things that we see in Gemara and in some of the Midrashim, that it will become become apparent that there are uh, potentially some connections. There's not much about Yudim ben Tabai um, uh, in in Talmud and in the Midrash, but there are a few things mentioned, and that's what we're going to focus on. So, number one... In terms of, um, we're going to take two approaches to explaining the Mishnah in light of some of the experiences that we're going to share uh, about Yehuda ben Tabai. The first approach has to do with his assumption of leadership. Um, the Gemara relates in, your, in, your, in the Yerushalmi, in Chagiga, that the people of Yerushalayim wanted to appoint Rabbi Yehuda ben Tabai as the Nasi. So again, this seems to hint that his position was, in fact, Nasi. Uh, and he really did not, did not want it. He was not um, looking for um, fame. He was not looking to be in a position of authority. Um, and he preferred to not, not be in the spotlight. Um, and it said, therefore, because they were putting pressure on him, it says, He didn't want it. Alexandria, And therefore, he ran away to Alexandria in Egypt. And the Gemara relates that the people of Yerushalayim, the leaders, the rabbis of Yerushalayim sent him a letter uh, appealing to him, trying to convince him to come and eventually uh, he did accept, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't willingly. In the Avastir Abnasin, which is um, some uh, uh, has a significant amount of Midrashic material relating to Pirkei Avos, Avastir Abnasin Rabbi Yehuda ben Tabbai says about his both his assumption to leadership, and eventually once he got comfortable in a position of leadership, it gives us a certain lesson and perspective that um, he learned and chose to share with us. And he says as follows: Rabbi says, ben Tabbai says, "Up until the point where I accepted a position of of leadership and authority, I would run away from it. It would be the furthest thing from my mind." <laughs> but once I got into it and I assumed the position of leadership and all of the, um, I guess power and fame that came with it, call me anybody who would try and pull me away from it, I would pull, I'd be prepared to throw b- uh, pots of boiling hot water on him, meaning um, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take it sitting down and I would be, Up a fight before anybody would remove me from this position. And the reason for him saying that is because he's trying to send a lesson, send a message. And he said, Vagdula lahalosa. Gdula is something that, at least for him, was difficult to assume. 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 And as difficult as it is to assume, kach laharida. it's very difficult to remove somebody from that position, and that person is not going to go willingly. So that was a lesson. There Rabbi Huda ben Bentabe spoke about his own personal experience in terms of the assumption of leadership. Now, with that in mind, if we look at the Mishnah, Mishnah says, Al tas Orche Hadayanim. is spelled with an ayin. Rabbi Yayna, who is one of the primary Rishonim on Prikyavis, actually says that it should be viewed or read as Orche Hadayanim with an olive. And Orche with an olive has a different meaning. It doesn't mean to organize uh, the, um, the complaints or the positions of the individuals involved with the case. Orche actually, orchi uh, is a position of leadership. It means to be ahead, it means to be on top. Uh, and he brings proof from a medrish uh, regarding Ephron. It says, the Ephron Yoshev Besogbereches. And the Gemara learns, the Medrash says, at that day, They appointed him as an Orchi, with an Aleph, spelled with an Aleph. And over there it means that they put him in charge of the town. So Orchi means a position of leadership. And so therefore, with this in mind, knowing that Orchi has potentially a different meaning, and it means to be on top, and considering Yehuda ben Tabai's views and the way he expressed them, in the Avastir Ebn Nasan, what he's effectively saying is it's something that um, you should not run after and you should try and avoid at all costs. So that is the first message or the first explanation of the message of Yehuda ben Tabai, which is aligning, aligned with what he has expressed um, in the Avastir Ebn The second approach which I'd like to suggest um, is brought down in a few sefarim uh, and it relates to a gemara that is brought down in a couple of places it's brought down in Masech Daf Hey HaMidbeiz it's brought down in Mesechta Chagiga Davtezayin HaMidbeiz and it talks about an incident that occurred with Rabbi Yehuda Ben Tabai and a subsequent exchange that took place between him and Shimon um, Ben Shetach who is the other, the counterpart of this pair and it probably makes sense to provide a little bit of background into the um, the um, judgment or consequences of Edom Zememin to understand what the exchange is all about so we know that there's a concept of Edom Zememin that if witnesses say testimony and then they are muzam which means another pair of witnesses come and say it's not possible for you to have witnessed what you say you witnessed on Monday night for example because Monday night you were with us and we were out to dinner so you couldn't have possibly been there so they basically unraveled the testimony only by simply saying that you couldn't have possibly been there when you said you were there so therefore that's called Muzam, Edom Zayvimin now there's a Chiddush in the judgment of Edom Zayvimin if they're caught uh, as being Muzam um, and therefore they're their testimony was uh, unraveled as uh, not being truthful uh, because they couldn't have possibly been present, then they are punished and their punishment is what they had intended to do to the person they said testimony against. So the Chazal Darshan, that it's uh, kasher uh, zomam velo kasher osa. They get punished for what they intended to do but not for what they in fact did. So for, if, for example, they, te- they said testimony that somebody was Michal Shabbos, and therefore that person would be subject to the death penalty. So, once judgment is passed down that that person should be executed, then if they are a muzam, even if the person was not ex- executed, then they get the punishment that they intended to do, on, that they intended to have the other person subject to. So, they would actually be executed even though the person they said testimony against was not executed. Not only that, but it's kasha zomam v'lo If the person were to be executed that they said testimony against, they would not get that punishment. It's only what they intended to do, not what they in fact did. And that is a chidrush of kasha zomam, according to the way Chazal explained it. Now, we've mentioned in the past that the tzdukim obviously did not follow the messerah of Chazal, and they took everything literally. And according to them, the Torah says, "Nefesh dachas a a uh, a soul for a soul. A uh, uh, if somebody executes somebody else, then that is how they are punished in in place. But it doesn't make sense according to them, literal the literal meaning, that somebody should get punished severely for an intention if, if nothing happened as a result of their testimony. So therefore, they disagree. Abudim and Tabai lived during a period where the tzedukim had a lot of influence and he wanted to make a statement um, so what happened is, there was actually a case of Edim Zalman where one of the two Edim was Musa meaning, one of the two Edim, another set of Edim came and said you couldn't have possibly been at this location because you were with us the two Edim together were not Muslim, only one of them was Musa and Yehudah and Tabai wanted to make a statement to, to prove that the interpretation of Adem Zemimin and their consequences is based on Chazal. So he took this one aid to make an example of him, and he had him executed. He felt very bad, because when he told Shimon ben Shetach of what he had done to make a statement, and to make a, an example using this aid, so Shimon ben Shetach basically told him that, um, effectively, that you killed an innocent person. Why did he say that? He said that because we also have a rule that you cannot execute one of the two adim; They both have to be Muslim. If two adim come together to say testimony, they both have to be Muslim. So if only one is Muslim and not the other, then he doesn't get the punishment. They both have to be um, countered with witnesses that say that you couldn't have possibly been there when you said you were. So therefore what you did was wrong. And the Gemara goes on to relate that Rebihudah ben would go and cry at the the burial place of this person who was executed, based on his ruling. And um, he uh, regretted very much what he had done, and he took upon himself not to carry out uh, decisions on any cases without first consulting with Shimon ben Shetach. So that's an important piece of history that we need to understand. Um, about what was going on with the uh, tzeddukim at the time, and the, the decision that Yehudah ben Tabai made, the reprimand that he got from Shimon ben Shetach, and now let's look at what Yehudah ben Tabbai says in our Mishnah, and see how it connects. So there are two um, uh, approaches that um, connect the incident that we just described with the lesson of Yehudah ben Tabai. One is from the Sefer Dvash Misele, which he says, simply, that uh, this judgment and this call that Yehuda ben Tabai had made, he had done by himself, and he was done Yehidi. Um, he made that decision without consulting with others. And that's why, in fact, his response was that he's, he took upon himself that in the future that he would not take on to judge any cases without first consulting with Shimon ben Shetach. So that makes sense. So he, he felt that what he did wrong, was that he was done Yehidi. And so therefore, the Mishnah could be understood as, when he he says, He is saying that you shouldn't make yourself as the person who is the decisor and convince others that they have to follow what you're saying because there's definitely benefit to consulting with others and you should listen and hear what other people have to say because oftentimes there's a perspective that you may not be taking into consideration. That's what the Dvash Misela says. There's another explanation that's given, um, which is, is, is a little bit more involved. But first, let me introduce a question that the Mefarshim ask, Taisvis, the Rishainim ask, on this incident of Yehuda ben Tabai. And that is we know that in a number of places in Chazal, we see that there's a certain protection that is provided. Uh, where Hashem doesn't allow people who are tzaddik and people who are righteous, to, um, to sin and to do an averid. There's a certain protection. We, we, hear sto- we heard stories, or we've seen stories about the animals of some of the tanoim, that they would not eat food where meiser was taken, um, or things of that nature. Even though, obviously, animals don't have isurim when it comes to eating food, that is usher for us to eat, but because they were the behemoths they they were the animals of righteous people. There was that protection even on the animals, and the Gemara uses a Lush and says, "Zuma behemasan uh, shel tzadikim ena takola al um, uh, al yodon, That Hashem is careful to make sure that even the animals of tzadikim are not bali de takala; they don't do anything wrong. Definitely the tzaddikim. So how could something like this have happened to Yehuda ben Tabai? How could it be that he killed an innocent person? Why didn't he have that protection that Chazal tell us that tzaddikim have? So, Taisvis gives uh, one answer. Taisvis basically says that, um, and some uh, Rishanim hold this throughout, that the protection is only on the consumption of food that is prohibited and the reason why there's a special protection on food is because food is something that once you consume it becomes part of you and so therefore there's a special protection for tzaddikim and even their uh, behemoths to be protected from eating things that are prohibited however other averis there is no special protection people have to be careful and people have to uh, make their own gedarim and their own siagim, and they have to uh, be cognizant of what they're doing and what the consequences might be so therefore there is no protection um, the Ritva says, disagrees and he says that this protection is not limited to just food and therefore he has to come to a to a different conclusion and his conclusion is that it must be that because there is a protection against uh, the Tzaddikim doing anything wrong and especially doing an affair of this magnitude of killing an innocent person, it must have been that this person was actually guilty and subject to uh, death for some aveira that he had done, but was not executed for whatever reason. And so, therefore, Yehuda ben Tabai, what he did effectively was not killing an innocent person, but nevertheless, the lesson was learned and he understood for the future um, he should not do it. So, that is Machlokas Rishinim as to whether the protection goes beyond just food or not, and is an interesting um, discussion relating to Yehuda ben Tabai. But there's One problem that still remains a little bit unresolved, and that is, if you look at the lushan of Yudah ben Tabai when he chose to have this aid executed, despite the fact that it was only one aid, he said, I did this to send a message, to show that the Tzedukim and the way they interpret the Torah is incorrect, and therefore I did this to send a message. Now... In those words it seems to be that he felt that while what he did may have been wrong but he felt that there was a shah. he made a decision that a message needed to be sent because the tzedukim were gaining a lot of influence and power and he needed to make a decision Um, and therefore it it was a thought out and planned decision. So if it was a thought out and planned decision and he did this not because he felt necessarily that this person was guilty but because Lahotzi Meliban Shel so why exactly did he feel guilty later, and why? What is it about what Shimon Ben Shetach said to him that made him regret what he did, and therefore decide that going forward he would not do anything on his own without consulting with Shimon Ben Shetach? So in that we have a very interesting explanation that is brought down in the Sefer Menachem Meshiv and he attributes this to the. Author of the Minchas Chinuch, and I saw it in a few others for him as well. <clears throat> and what they say is that Shmuel Shetach raised something to Yehuda Ben Tabai that he had not considered. While Yehuda Ben Tabai was clear in that he wanted to send a message to counter the view of the Tzadukim that Adam Zaymim are only punished for actually a, uh, an act uh, or a consequence that they had been responsible for, and not for an intention. Um, there's another thing that the Tzedukim uh, uh, have a position on, which is contrary to the Chachamim, and that is that Chazal learn out, by the Parsha of Edim Zomim, as a matter of fact, that because the Torah says in one of the Psukim, it says, Eid echad, one witness, so Chazal learn out, that means that when the Torah says the word Eid in the singular, Eid doesn't necessarily mean one witness, when the Torah wanted to specify that it's one witness, the Torah said eid echod, and Chazal therefore learn out that if the Torah doesn't specify eid echod, even if the Torah says eid, hine uh, ho eid ho that it's not necessarily one aid, it's eidus, it's uh, testimony of witnesses. If it meant to say one aid, it would say eid echod. By the discussion of eidim zayimim. The Pasuk actually says, And according to the Tzedukim, the um, the punishment of Edim Zaymimin would apply even to one witness. According to Chazal, the punishment of Edim Zaymimin only applied to two witnesses, because if it went to be applied to one witness, it would say, It doesn't say, So what Shimon Ben pointed out was that if your whole intention of killing this person, even though he may not have been guilty of the death penalty, was to send a message to, to, to the tzaddukim, to show that we interpret the Torah as Chazal have told us to interpret the Torah, as the Mesorah um, uh, requires, then what you did by killing one witness to set an example, actually supported another position of, of the tzaddukim, because they hold that you can exec- you can execute or punish, one witness as opposed to two witnesses. So, what Shimon pointed out was that while you had good intentions because you wanted to send a message and you felt it was a hasha, but nevertheless, the message was offset and because at the end of the day you supported another position of the Tzadukim while you were trying to counter one of their positions. And as a result, Yudav and accepted and said, therefore he takes upon himself not to um, judge in the future without having uh, Shemim Ben Shetach present. And that is effectively why Yudah Ben Tabai regretted his decision and took upon himself not to, uh, not to rule in the future without having Shemim Ben Shetach, uh, in his presence. Thank you.